Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. It is a delight to be here, and I hope my husband didn't oversell me. I, I don't speak often, especially to this many people. I, I often lead prayer in our church, and, and people say, how do you get up and pray like that in front of so many people? And I say, well, it's easy. My eyes are shut. And so I don't have the privilege of shutting my eyes today. So I hope you bear with me. I uh, often say, people say, how did you begin in prayer ministry, and and it's it's been a journey, but I, my husband and I both became Christians uh, in our early adult years when we were dating, and so we didn't grow up in the church. And uh, he was going to school, and we've been married three years. When he became came, I came home from work one day, and he said, "I got a job," and. I said where he had been applying at all the different universities in in our province. He wanted to teach English or literature, and he said, at a church. And I said, at a church? Yeah, they want me to be a pastor. And I said, you can't be a pastor. They're holy people. <laughs> and I certainly can't be a pastor's wife, as I don't know anything. I don't play the piano, or I can't even sing. So... So that was my journey in prayer. I thought, well, I can't play the piano, I can't sing, I can't, and this is a theme with me, I'm always saying I can't, and God's saying, yes, you can with me. And so he began to birth in me this passion for prayer. And as Mary said, God answers prayer, but he can't answer prayer that hasn't been prayed. I love that quote you gave, Mary. And so my heart today, I know many of you are praying women. I've enjoyed our morning times before the Bible study with with these saints that know how to wrestle it out with God. And uh, my heart today is to inspire all of us for more, because if every believer in Bangor, if every believer across this land would tarry one hour, as the Lord Jesus said to his disciple, would you not tarry one hour? If every believer would tarry one hour a day, can you imagine the change on this earth? the things that the Lord could do through our prayers. And so I hope to encourage you today to, to take up that challenge, to, to ask God to birth that in your heart, that it isn't a dreary duty you have to do, but it's a passion that you get to join with God in seeing his kingdom come. Um, James 5.16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. And I would think 
that most of us would love to have be able to say that about our prayer life. It's powerful and it's effective. But I would think that myself included, not many of us say, yeah, that's consistently what my prayer life is. But I'm just going to share some things that I've learned in my journey that uh, can say today that more and more I am seeing God answer my specific prayers sooner than he has done in years gone by. And, uh, and I think in this day and age where the enemy is active, the people of God need to rise up because God wants to answer our prayers. So I've chosen the title, Having a Heart for Intercession, because having a heart for intercession has two meanings to it, double entendre. The first one, having a heart means you care. You believe. You believe that when you pray, God hears you. And when he hears you, he's going to answer. Having a heart means it's not a duty, but it's a privilege and a purpose. Um, If you were in the morning prayer meeting this morning, Simon talked about praying from your guts. And that's when you know you're not just saying words, but you're feeling it from your guts. And often God takes me to a place where it's just... Like in Romans, there's no words. It's just groanings, and it's just coming from the guts. So having a heart means you care. It's it's coming from the inner place. But having a heart for intercession also means your heart has been purified. You have a pure heart. When I'm teaching on intercession, I often use uh, Psalm 24. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift his soul to an idol. And we read throughout scripture that if we have cherished sin in our hearts, he doesn't hear us. If, if we've got unforgiveness, if we've harboring bitterness in our heart, The Lord's not going to answer our prayer. So becoming a woman of intercession means we've got to purify our hearts. We've got to be daily coming before the Lord and saying, Search me, O God. Show me if there's any wicked way in me. And allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. Keep short accounts with God. And just constantly be allowing the Lord to bring that cleansing, purification in your heart. Being righteous doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means that you're able to stand before the Lord and allow him to to search you and bring the conviction so that you can walk in that purity. You can allow him to cleanse you and heal you. And... The, the purity of heart, the clean hands is often easy for us as, as believers. We're not murdering, we're not stealing. We've, we've mastered some of those things. 
But the pure heart is the motives. It's the criticisms. It's the judgments that I confess. That's one of my kids are always saying, Mom, you're so judgmental. And it's constantly reminding me that, yeah, I've, I've done it again. And it's that allowing God to reveal those things that he can just bring that purity that we are able to stand before him and then ask for the things he wants us to ask for. So as Mark mentioned this morning, if you were here yesterday morning, he did quite a dramatic reading of Acts 12. But I wanted to go back into that passage because that's where we see the earnest prayer of the righteous church, powerful and effective. And it's, it's when Peter has been uh, captured and put in prison. And I'm just going to read part of it and, and share part of it. So beginning in verse 1 in chapter 12 of Acts, it was about the, this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And then we we know that as Peter was in prison, an angel came, told him to to get dressed, get up. He, he lets him out of the prison. It says in, in verse 11, when Peter came to himself and, and he said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. And he knocks on the door, and the, the servant girl is so flustered, she doesn't let him in, and, and uh, we know the rest of that. But, but the church was earnestly praying. And the people, many people had gathered, and these were the ones that had walked with Jesus. These were the ones that had seen Jesus praying to his Father, asking God to do the miraculous and and witnessing the miracles Jesus did. So they believed because they had seen. And uh, so they persisted. But the first thing that I noticed in the scripture was that they persevered. They didn't let past failings, either God's or their own's, dictate what they believed about the power of prayer. And right at the beginning of that passage, we see James had been put to death. 
And I thought, didn't they pray for James? I'm sure they did. I'm sure as soon as James got captured, the church was earnestly praying for him. Yet God didn't spare James. God didn't do the miraculous for James. He died. And they must have been grieving because James was one of them. And and that grief and that disappointment with God and that confusion they were thrown into didn't stop them from praying for Peter. And I'm sure, as Mark had said yesterday, their prayers probably weren't send an angel and set him free. But God took whatever their prayers were, and he did abundantly more than they could ask or imagine. And they were astonished when Peter showed up. But they persisted. And, and that was such an encouragement to me because God took me through this. Five years ago, my very best friend and my solid prayer partner, Carol, was diagnosed with brain cancer. And for a year and a half, we earnestly prayed to God for her healing. Our church had been prophesied over many times that it was going to be a place of healing. And we thought, okay, this is it, God. You're going to you're going to heal Carol. She's got a ministry, not only in our community, but in Africa and around the world. She is a vibrant, important person to your kingdom on earth. God, you're going to heal her. You're going to just blow our whole community, our whole denomination away because you're going to heal her. And it's going to be a testimony to all the doctors that are working on her. It's going to be a testimony to, to the thousands of people that you heal. And we fasted and we prayed and we had the elders anoint her with oil. And we did everything that scripture said to do. And God took her home. And I was devastated. And not only did I lose my soul sister, the one that I learned to pray with, but I felt like I was a failure. Was I not really an effective prayer? Didn't I hear God correctly? And I remembered during her illness hearing God, and I brushed it off as that wasn't really him, saying, what if I don't release the gift of healing till after Carol has passed away? And when I had heard that, I was thought, well, I'd be really choked about that, Lord. That wouldn't be good. But uh, as I, after she died, I, I reflected on that, and I thought, what was that about? And I remember not long after she passed away and I went into our prayer meeting and they asked how I was doing. And I said, well, I'll never pray for healing again. And one dear friend looked at me and very gently said, Cheryl, 
you'll pray for whoever the Lord asks you to pray for. And, and I took that. And two years ago, one of my son's friends, then 17, was diagnosed with brain cancer. And like Carol, he underwent two surgeries and 30 radiation treatments on his head. And the doctors gave up hope, and they sent him home to our community hospital for palliative care. And by this time, he was pretty much in a coma and had lost ability to do anything, was barely awake. And I was going in one morning to pray for him, and a nurse I know was just leaving her shift, walking out of the hospital, and she said, oh, are you coming to pray for Thomas? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, it's so sad, he's going to die. And the spirit rose in me, and I said, no, 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 he is not going to die. And that surprised me, because... In my natural thinking, I would have thought, yes, he is. But I went in, and I stormed heaven in his room, and I prayed for the angels just to take charge there. And I went back to our prayer group, and I said, we've got to pray for Thomas. And we stormed heaven for Thomas. And Thomas started waking up more and more. And then he could say yes and no. And then... He could say, Amen. And about three months later, I went into his room, and his father was sitting there, and I said hi to his father. And Thomas was totally blind and uh, had no movements, but he heard my voice, and he said, Is that you, Cheryl? Are you here to pray for me? And I said, Yes. And we prayed for Thomas, and he slowly started getting better. He started getting movement. He started getting his vocabulary back more and more. He had had 30 radiation treatments on his brain, and his memory started to come back. And they did memory games with him. And Thomas is the most amazing young man you've ever met. He graduated a year ahead of my son, because he skipped a grade because he was so smart. He was valedictorian of his school. He was the top athlete in his school. He was the top drama student in his school. He was the top, he was in a band, he sang. He was one of those kids, uh, his mom used to say in kindergarten, Thomas is a 40-year-old in a 5-year-old body. And when he was 10, Thomas is a 40-year-old in a 10-year-old's body. And he's 19 now. Thomas is a 40-year-old in a 19-year-old body. But Thomas had it all, and he lost it all. And Jesus Christ met him. And in between his first surgery and his second surgery, Thomas, who had mocked my son, I found out later, for his faith, gave his heart to the Lord. 
And Thomas is a testimony to the healing power of Jesus Christ. He's still in rehab. He, he's now weight-bearing. He can, can stand. He can move from his bed to his wheelchair. He can use his arms. He can feed himself. He knows everything. His mind has been restored. His eyesight is almost restored. I prayed with him one day uh, Oh, just over a year ago, and as we were praying, he said, he prayed, Jesus, if you return my sight to me, I will read your word every day. And Jesus is restoring his sight. And I believe God is going to heal him completely. And I believe God has so much more healing he wants to do. And... Uh, I'm running out of time here. There's a few things that I just wanted to say. If you want to be powerful and effective in prayer, there's just a few things you've got to take hold of. And the first one is learning to listen to God. If you haven't developed a listening ear, it's time because God is speaking. He's speaking all the time, and he wants you to hear him so you know how to pray. If we ask him about a situation, how do we pray for this? We might see in the natural what we need to pray for, but he will give us insight into the supernatural, what he is doing and how he wants us to pray. So develop that listening ear. The second one is be faithful. Be faithful in the small things, and God will be the increase. He's not going to make you an amazing prayer warrior if you're not faithful daily, persevering, cleansing your heart, getting to know him. And one of the ways I, I ask people to be faithful is we hear all the time, oh, would you pray for my brother or would you pray for this situation? And we always say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll remember them and pray prayer. But at that moment, if someone says, would you pray for, you say, let's do it right now, and you pray and God will answer. And the, the third one is being specific. We need... The general prayers are great. We've got to pray for this world. But the specific prayers, as Mary was talking about, these men whose, whose wives have become Christians, when you get targeted specific prayer... That's where God can really move. And uh, so the more specific you can get in your prayer, the more readily you're going to see the answers. And, and then just the last, last three things are be humble, be persistent, be unified. God, we don't demand anything from God. He doesn't owe us anything. But we can ask, believing he is a heavenly father who loves us, who cares for us. He's generous. He wants to pour it out. I think uh, being a parent, how much readily I am to respond to my children when they come to me and ask for something than when they're demanding something. And so if we come in humility, knowing that he is God. We're just his servants. We're his vessels. He will delight us by moving in the, in the things we ask. And persistence and unified, 
I heard a, the very first teaching I ever heard on intercession was over 12 years ago, and it was Lauren Cunningham from YOM. He was speaking. And the one thing that stuck in with me was when he said, the more people, the more time, the more yielding equals the more answered prayer. And that has stuck with me. And I, as I, I see this group today, I just think, wow, what God could do with this number of people praying in unity for his kingdom come here on earth. And so I had to just take a moment and pray. I know I've spoken fast and, and said a lot, but I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you between what Mary has, has spoken and what I've spoken. And I'm just going to ask the Spirit to speak into your heart and reveal to you the one thing that he's going to ask you to be persistent in prayer for, believing that he wants to answer it. And then I'm going to ask you, after we have a moment of listening, to turn to the person beside you and very quickly tell them what that one thing is. It could be what's happening in Cuba. It could be what's happening in Burundi or Nepal, something that you've heard out there. It could be something happening in your own family or friend or Thomas or anything that the Lord is going to ask you to specifically persist in prayer for so he can move. And then you're going to share with your person, your person beside you very quickly, and then you're going to pray for each other that you will be faithful in praying for however long the Lord asks you to pray for that, that thing. So let's just come before him. Heavenly Father, you are faithful. Father, you are the God who answers prayer, but you are the God who longs to meet with your people. Father, you want us to pray because you want us in relationship with you. You want us to, to see you, to know you, to understand you, to fall in love with you and, and believe that you are good and you care and you want to move. And so, Father, I pray for each woman sitting here today. Father, you call us all to pray. You call us all to intercede. And so, Father, I'm asking that in the next couple of minutes, you will just speak to every heart and put a burden on their heart that you would have them intercede for. And, Father, I pray for each woman here that they would receive your challenge and be delighted to participate with you in what you are doing on this earth. So, Holy Spirit, come now. Move in our hearts and reveal the thing that you would have us pray for.
We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.